Uh, hey, y'all. Welcome back to the H2B podcast. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm part of the H2B creative team here. Um, I'm super excited to be here with Chris. Yep. Let's see. Crozen? Crossen. Crossen. Mm-hmm. Make sure I'm saying that right. Uh, the assistant chief of police for the city of Dalton. Yes. Um, how are you doing today? I'm good. Good. I'm okay. Good. Um, I guess we just have a few questions about your role and okay. how long you've been doing it and what, how you feel about it and okay. the whole thing. All right. Cool. So we'll start with... Um, I'd love to hear a little about your background in the okay. police department and how you got to what you're doing now. Okay. Well, in college, in the mid-90s, had kind of a different idea of what I wanted to do. Um, sure. We all do. Um, my best friend was in law enforcement, and um, so I would come home on the weekends and hang out with him and actually rode with him in his patrol car some and kind of, I guess, got a bug. Um, so when I graduated from college, I interviewed for a few different things, but... Nothing seemed to kind of fit, and I wanted to come home anyway. I didn't want to live in Atlanta anymore, so came home, applied at the Dalton Police Department, and uh, graduated from college in March of 1996 and started the police department in April. And uh, from there, I mean, I've done about most ro- every role you can think of if you think of police work. Um, started as a patrol officer, like everybody does, to time to get your little bit of experience and, and figure out what you're doing. Asked to become a training officer. Um, pretty quick felt like I had kind of caught on to what I was doing and so I was willing to kind of put myself in a role to be training newer officers than me from there after a few years of uh, different patrol assignments um, I asked to go into a role as the public information officer doing all the media releases doing all the wow, interviews um, it was a lot uh, of responsibility it, you know it was really something that I enjoyed and with that job was also the uh, um, the crime prevention officer so I got to go out and do a lot of community meetings and um, set up neighborhood watches and um, just meet people and get out and do it. And that was kind of fit my personality with what I like to do. And um, so from there, after doing that for a few years, I just kind of started moving. I went to, I became a detective, uh, did that for a little while, uh, put my name in the hat and tested to be a supervisor and have come up through as a sergeant, as a lieutenant, as a captain, and now as the assistant chief um, and have really enjoyed every role. I've said I mean, almost 27 years in, and and I tell people I, I, it's kind of hard to believe that they've paid me all these years to to come to work and help people, get to know people, do the things that I kind of felt like through the years of kind of looking back on myself, I, I really felt like I was in the right place because just the things that I've gotten to do have really fit who I am, how I was raised, uh, the military family. Uh, my dad served here in the community in many different roles, um, doing a lot of different things here, and, and was a county commissioner before he passed away. So just just kind of what, I don't know, felt like a calling, and, and I've loved every day. That's really cool. So you went to school in Atlanta. I did. I went to Georgia State. Oh, University. me too. Awesome. Yeah. Well, for some of it. Um, <laughs> what is your degree in? Uh, well, my bachelor's <laughs> degree is in business management. Okay. Um, my master's degree is in public administration. So okay, so, so that, that kind of fits. And, and I actually did that as I was you. working at the police department. I actually did my master's degree working while I was working. Cool. So. Very cool. So I know that you said you liked all aspects of the job that mm-hmm. you've been able to do. Do you have a favorite? You know, really kind of, I guess it's a broad brush to say just the, the, the public interaction part. And, and that really encompasses everything we sure. do. but. But my time being the public information officer, getting to do the media releases, um, and at the same time being a crime prevention officer, getting to go out and getting to know so many people in the community and spend so much time with groups who support Dalton. And and kind of, again, with my dad being involved in local government for a while and then being an elected official, 
you know, I knew Dalton was a really supportive community yeah. for public safety and for entrepreneurship and for, you know, um, charitable, charitable work and things, but, but really getting out and getting to be in with those groups. I mean, I love this place. Do That's you, why I love Dalton so much. Excuse me. Do you have more of an administrative role now? I do. Yeah. I, I joke and say now I'm a carpet cop. I mean, my, my feet, <laughs> my feet stay on the carpet. Um, you know, I, I administer the budget. Um, yeah. we do a lot of different things with policy and, and, and yeah, I mean, my role is definitely transitioned, um, from, from the days of, you know, the uniform, uh, officer on the street, enforcing laws and doing that to, to now more of a, my job is now to make sure that the guys who are doing the hard work have the uh, money they need, the supplies they need, the equipment they need, uh, the policies are in place to guide them, um, that, that I'm getting feedback from the community on how they want us to act, yeah. and that we're, we're kind of doing the things that make us um, basically invaluable within the community. And, that, and that's the goal is, you know, when you're, you're an agency that's supported solely on taxpayer dollars, you've got to make sure that you're spending that money wisely and, and efficiently and that the people who are giving you that money see the benefit that they're getting from from what they're giving and, that, and that's kind of what my role is transitioned to now have you personally found ways to stay involved in the community oh yeah um, I'm involved still with the Special Olympics um, oh, cool. yeah I mean I, I, I love that um, I'm a community coach you know I coach youth sports uh, still get out and do that and I'm the president current president of the Kiwanis Club that's um, awesome. You know, there, there's a lot of different things, and, and any chance I get an opportunity to, to volunteer with different organizations and get out and help, help, I, I try to get my hand in it. That's really cool. I'm sure it helps to see, like, a familiar face in some of these organizations and knowing oh, yeah. that you're part of the police force and taking care of everybody. Yeah. You've talked about community programs that you're involved in. Are there any that the police department is directly involved in or, like, mm -hmm. things that you're particularly excited about coming yeah. up that y'all have a hand in? Well, we... With, with the pandemic, some things changed for a little while, but we have always had a couple of things that, that were really good uh, that I really enjoyed. We have a police, Citizens Police Academy because, again, to, to make sure that everybody sees the benefit of what we do, kind of knowing what we do, dispel some myths, things like that. We, in, we invite members of the public in for – we changed a little this time. It, it used to be a 10-week meet once a week. This time we did five weeks meet twice a week for two or three hours a night and get to meet different members of the department, hear about what they do, ask questions, um, get a chance to put your hands on some of the equipment we use, get a chance to see it up close and personal That's and kind of cool. get an idea of what we do. I, I, I had an opportunity for several years when I was in the uh, public you know, information spot to run that program, really enjoyed that, and now get a good chance to go back in my role and speak to it. Uh, the Special Olympics, again, I mentioned that earlier, something that I've always really loved. Uh, we have really good relationship with our local um, entity here, and we're involved on the state level as well. Um, we have uh, we do a fundraiser every year uh, where we let guys grow a beard. Uh, you pay to grow a beard, and uh, part of the money goes to Special Olympics, and part of it goes to our Shop with a Hero Christmas program that we do um, at Christmas time, where we partner with the Dalton City School System. Yeah. The counselors at each school really are in touch with their kids and their families, and they identify a couple of kids per school that we get a chance to take shopping and provide some food and, and some other things for. So we. We have those those programs and the and the guys are, are you know at the department are, are good with with you know donating that money for a beard to be able to help those causes and 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 it's I mean it's so much fun to have Santa there and you know get to go shopping with a, a kid and and just That's enjoy awesome. the day. Yeah, is the is the beard 
thing. What is it called? Uh, well, we call it Octobeard. Oh, okay. I was thinking it would be in like November. <laughs> well, I think. there's a No Shave November. Yeah, that's that's a national, that, and and we just kind of did something. We started it in October one year and just started calling it Octobeard, and <laughs> and it used to go for <laughs> about like five it. months. Yeah. And it's kind of evolved over time, and now it's year round. Um, and we have three different organizations that we support with different, you know, collections during this part, this part, and this part go to three different organizations in the community and really enjoy it. So. What are the names of those organizations? Well, Special Olympics is one, and then our Shop of the Hero program is the other, and the third is the Grace and Joy House. They are a, an organization here who helps um, kids transition into foster care um, that time period when they're transitioning out of the situation they're in and sure. into some there's sometimes there's a time gap mm-hmm. and the grace and joy house kind of provides a, a an intermittent time for them to be there so so that's the other one that we support it sounds like three really good organizations to be involved in yeah that's i think great. so so the only special olympics i'm familiar with is like every four years like with the main olympics mm-hmm. is this something different it's something well, that, like that's the paralympics is an is a okay the special olympics is local athletes here compete um, they have three or four different competitions here a year. They have a track and field event. There's some swimming. There's bowling. There's some basketball events. And then the Special Olympics Georgia has a statewide games in the fall and one in the summer where athletes can qualify at their local level to go compete at the state level. I and, had no idea this existed. Oh, yeah. You should go to their this website and look at some of the cool stuff that they do. And then you can qualify nationally. And this year the nationals were in Orlando. And we sent – I know we sent a couple of athletes in swimming. I can't remember if we had – tennis or bocce we had some other athletes go to on the uh, yeah bocce is one of the big big sports when we had hosted the fall games here the state fall games for several years i mean there's oh gosh there were 40 bocce courts set up and you got 40 games going on at the same time and it's really like a huge event i had no idea existed that's wonderful hopefully we'll get to host the some statewide games again at some point how do you how do you get chosen for that well we have a local coordinator here who's the Dalton the Whitfield County and and surrounding area kind of Special Olympics coordinator Um, and then the state board starts approaching um, different organizations that would have the facilities and the desire to kind of host that so it 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 moves around the state Um, the state games are generally somewhere close to the center of the state between Atlanta and Macon then the fall games kind of move around um, a little bit cool I think that sounds really really awesome and the fact that you've been involved with it for so long is admirable yeah the uh their uh, special olympics georgia's largest fundraiser every year is the law enforcement torch run where agencies from around the state host a uh basically you do a fundraiser you sell t-shirts hats you get you can gather donations and this is what we donate our beard money toward and uh there's a big run with an olympic style torch and uh, we do a local event here every year in april at the local track and field games where we have members of our sheriff's office who are involved in as well and us and then our fire department is now involved with us a little bit too oh, cool and uh um you have several athletes and you'll run a very a short portion of a torch run with a uh, law enforcement and with but on the on the it's a national event too it's a national fundraiser and uh, just about every state i think participates in it but it's a, but it's their biggest fundraiser cool that sounds great and you said that's in april that's I'm our local look. track and field event here is in a, is generally okay. in April every year. Okay. I'm going to look some of these things up because okay. this is news to me and I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, you were talking about like the community force where you invite people in to like oh, yeah. get to know. How would mm-hmm. people learn more about that or like? So Citizens Police Academy, um, if follow all of our social media accounts, um, we'll announce it certainly when we start taking applications. 
Um, we just finished one, um, and we we used to do it in the spring. This time we did it in the summer, and we'll just kind of see how everything goes. But we'll do it again next year, and we'll announce it on our social media. It'll be uh, we'll put out something to all the local media, um, and you can certainly um, call and check and see if we have dates. But probably around the first of the year, we'll set those dates. Okay, and if you want to plug your social media here okay feel free okay well i mean if you just search dalton pd we have twitter we have uh facebook's probably our two most um that we're most active on there's an instagram account um that sometimes gets used but generally (laughs) facebook and twitter are two our two main ones that we use okay okay cool yeah people should definitely check that out um what is the most rewarding part of your job i know you've spoken a lot about the community and being involved in it but like you know I don't, I don't know. It, it'd probably be hard to people. You know, you could certainly think back through 27 years, and I can think of very specific instances. Um, oh, tell where us about a couple things. of those. I'll just, I'll give you some general examples. And this, and this happens more than, you know, you would think. So, so you get a frantic parent call and there's a child missing. Um, so, you know, we have very specific protocols on how we handle these things. And um, you get to the scene and whoever the commander on scene is starts calling in for help. And, you know, we get help from everybody depending on the length of time as it goes. Um, but when you when you have an effort like that that's coordinated, where somebody truly needs your help, and you coordinate something, and you get the efforts put together and it's successful, it, it's super rewarding. Finding a lost child, you know, if you have a string of burglaries that are similar, you know, and, and as an investigator, you go in and you put in the work and you, you find something and you identify potential suspects and you get those solved. Yeah. You know, you're, you're helping somebody directly and you know it. now. What's probably the hardest thing to quantify for us is prevention. You know, we are very data-driven at the police department. We have a data analyst who puts out kind of plans of attack. You know, here are hot spots. Here are things that we see going on. Here's potential for patterns to continue. And we put guys in those areas. And, and if it doesn't happen, you know, you can kind of look at it and think, well, maybe we had an impact on that, but sure. you might not know. So. Those sort of things are, are rewarding. I mean, you know, if you look back through time here, uh, I can, we're a nationally accredited agency and a state certified agency. And for a lot of people, if you don't look into that, you may not understand how important that is. Over the last few years, there have been some examples of poor police work in our country that have gotten a lot of attention. And when you start looking at the things that people put in place and say, well, here's some things law enforcement should be doing to try and, well, we've been doing those for 10, 12 years because we're a state certified agency, which, and then a nationally accredited agency where kind of the, the people you think of as the most respected minds in law enforcement, you now you get together and you have, here's what best practices are for law enforcement. And here's how you should implement things. And here's how you should document things. And, and we have been following that model for a long time now. And so what I can say is when, when people come and say, well, you should document every use of force that you've, well, we've been doing that since 2014 when you say you should not use chokeholds. Well, we put that in place, I think, in 2009. You know, just different things that, that uh, when you look at it, that's probably pretty rewarding, too, to have had a chance uh, to be part of the command staff and part of the leadership team that through the years has helped put some of those things in place. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, if you're not in this profession, you may think, well, accredited, certified, those sort of things. They're, they're kind of terms, but they're, they're really important for us, and, and, and that importance has really come to light the last several years mm-hmm. um, and and really the the rewarding part in all of this I guess to get to the very end is when you have a community that recognizes it yeah you, you always have people you're not ever gonna make everybody happy and we know that but as as overall and in general the support 
in this community for us has been overwhelming um, over the last few years when nationally it's kind of been tumultuous. And that, that is the reward that comes from looking ahead, setting things in motion to get things right, and then seeing that plan carried out and then seeing the benefit of it. I mean, I think that's great. I think those are some those are some really good points. <laughs> and it's cool to kind of like be an example for something that hopefully the rest of the country is starting to implement or like yeah, and, and realizing I think, the benefit of. And, and I think when you when you start looking, I mean, you know, we can go into historical policing and we can start looking at lots of different stuff like that. But seeing that importance for people and, and seeing why you would have rules that say you shouldn't do this yeah. really starts to come to light yeah. when something that bad happens with that going on and, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of negative attention with it so yeah well on a more positive note um you said you've been doing this for 27 years so i'm sure you've watched dalton grow exponentially in that time um as it's continuing to grow what are you most excited about in mm-hmm. dalton it, it's really been exciting to see downtown revitalize you know when i when i graduated from high school in the early 90s there was a lot of activity down here, but it was much different than it is now. So go away to college, come back, and then it's pretty quiet down here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you went to Atlanta for yeah, college. Yeah. That's a, that's <laughs> and live downtown. So Sure. Um, but, you know, to really see over the last 15 years, the elected officials really make a concerted effort to say, let's get downtown back to what downtown yeah. needs to be. You know, as somebody who really believes in this community, who, who who sees the generosity of this community and sees the entrepreneurship and sees all those things here, to have a vibrant downtown hub where people gather, I mean, to come out here on a Friday night and it's see Burr so Park, cool. I mean, how neat is that? And it's like right across the street from our office, yeah. so being I mean, able to like step out and be like... You know, I'm old enough to remember when the dilapidated building sat there. <laughs> oh, I am not. I and we had know. to go in it and make people leave who were staying in that, you know, that building when it was uh, when it was vacant and stuff. But to see, and, and so, I mean, that's a vision, that's a partnership between the local government and a private foundation and Gene Burr, who all said... There's something better we can do down there. Yeah. And then to take that and to make it into what it is and then to start adding and to see the uh, – my dad was the director of the county recreation department here for 25, 20, almost 25 years. To see recreation, um, it's always been vibrant here. Yeah. Recreation has always been a big deal. But now to see the facilities that we have to attract from all across the state um, on any given weekend, there's, there's teams in our hotels and teams staying here from, gosh, 10 states – you know, yeah. from all around this play in different sports. And, uh, you know, I know that's not directly something related to the police department, but as somebody who's lived here and who's sure who, who's who's here, uh, that's probably for me the exciting part is to see that vision start coming true that uh, um, some people that I had the privilege of working with, elected officials and stuff, and to hear them talk about it 15, 20 years ago and to start really seeing it um, now in play and what it looks like and everything, that's, that's really cool for me. Cool. Yeah, I think – just kind of like spending some time downtown and like watching it come alive in the summer too and mm-hmm. um has been has been a joy has yeah. been really cool oh yeah yeah it's neat and and you know it, and it's not stopped i mean you know we're about to get another wave of streetscape and you know now you're starting to see businesses expand a little bit outside of what's traditionally been defined as the downtown area yeah. and 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 so you know there's still some work to do and the but officials it, have identified a lot of that and, and it'll it'll get there yeah but uh 
but the process is definitely moving. Good. So. That's awesome. It seems like it's only going to get better. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of on the other side of that, what's the biggest challenge you're facing in your particular role or like a project you're working on, um, and how are you tackling that? Um, well, let's see. Um, probably, as has always been, uh, most of our, if you're looking at from you know traditional police, so you're, you're looking at crime measures. Uh, crime numbers overall are down, and they have been for quite a few years, but when you, you still look at what fuels that, um, you still have a drug issue. Um, you still have um, different things that are going on within the family unit that cause us to respond. Mm -hmm. um, and, and those sort of things will always be challenges for us. Um, this area has been identified in the past as a, as a major hub for methamphetamine and, and, and different things. And we see those cycles come around. So that that's probably one of the big challenges for us is to try and figure out what our part in that is. I mean, you know, what we do, what our strategies are, um, and, and how that fuels so many other things within the community. And, and then again, in a community like this where there's a lot of support, we know we're not in it alone. Yeah. So um, again, try looking at you know, what your strategies are. There's lots of people you can work with, but, but knowing that that's out there, that's, that's probably as far as a traditional police type model, that's a, a challenge and that's a challenge everywhere. Um, anytime, uh, economically, anytime the economy, you know, starts going up and down, Sorry. our budget obviously becomes uh, a focus. So being able to plan ahead to be able to provide the level of service that is expected um, and then maybe if, if we have to end up doing it with less money, those sort of things are always challenges. So always looking ahead to be efficient, um, always looking at um, where we can go and, and where we think things will go. That in my role right now is probably um, probably my biggest challenge. Getting creative kind of, with yeah. resources. Yeah. And, yep. mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and then I think kind of from that, like, my final question really is, what is the most important lesson you've learned over the course of your career? This is something that I'll say that I probably learned fairly early. Um, so if you watch television and you watch the news and you watch the crime blotter and you mm -hmm. watch, you really, if you don't have any other, um, I guess, different viewpoint, if that's all you see, then you would think that, but there's still a whole lot of good yeah. out here. And, and, and in, in my profession, to remind each other of that a lot of times um, is, a, is a big thing for longevity in your career, for well-being as a police officer, because a lot of times the, the things that stick in your mind the most are when somebody's you're dealing with somebody who's at their worst that day mm -hmm. or the crisis that they're in at that point is to the point the where they can no world. longer yeah. handle it. And you are put into the middle of that. Um, and then remembering the next day when you get out at the park and you throw a football with a kid, um, or, you know, the next 10 days when you don't have anything like that come up, all that good time uh, to remember that. And, and I was very fortunate, again, being able to be – I was hired in 1996 under a community policing grant, which was out there for law enforcement. So it was kind of one of my jobs from day one was to get out here and get to know uh, the community. And uh, so I was pretty fortunate to realize that very small percentage of my time was, was dealing with people who that crisis was going to – I was going to be caught up in it. Yeah. Um, and, and the rest of my time was dealt with people who really were focused on this being a really good place. So that's probably for me, and that's what I've tried to pass on um, to a lot of these guys, is that, you know, if you need to talk through that situation, let's let's talk about it, but then let's try and dwell on 
on the good. Yeah. Uh, get involved. Uh, being out here coaching kids in the community really helps keep me um, in that because I mean, kids are kids, and and even the ones that make mistakes are kids, and they're out there to have a lot of fun and. Uh, there's a whole lot of fun you can have here doing different things and, and that there's a whole lot more good than bad. And you just kind of have to keep that perspective in, in, in what we do. You really got to keep that focus there. I think that that's I think that's really important. And it also crossed my mind earlier when you were like utilizing an entire community to find like a kid who's gone missing for, you know, a couple hours or something. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um or you know tv shows or books or whatever and like you're right all you hear is Mm. the bad stuff you're sort of at a certain point you're kind of drowning in it so i think it's important to continue to hear about the good things that people are doing and and everyone and like how there is more of that than the bad stuff you just don't yep you never hear about it as much bad stuff gets a lot of attention yeah um and the the good stuff gets attention but it doesn't seem to it doesn't you don't don't hear about it two days in a row yeah (laughs) yeah it's kind of the idea of like I don't know, like receiving a compliment. You're like, okay, great. Thank you. And you move on. And then someone's like, I don't like that shirt. And then you're ruminating on it for like two days. So, um, Oh, I like that lesson. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you. Um, I think that those are all of my questions for now. If you have anything you want to say about the police department and being here in Dalton, Um, you know, I I guess for, for anybody who listens, if you have any interest in joining us, um, we, we would love to, if you have questions about what we do or want to see kind of how it goes, um, we're generally always accepting applications. Um, you can apply on the city's website. But really and truly what I would tell anybody is, for me, my personality fit, this has been extremely rewarding career. Um, I love being back here in Dalton. Um, I love the way this community responds to things. And, you know, if you're here, uh, get plugged in somewhere. Uh, there's civic clubs. There's uh, lots of different things you can go and, and give of your talents and time to make this a better place. And, and there's a lot of people doing that. And it's such a cool place to be. And I tell people all the time, you really don't realize if you spend all your time here and you don't go talk to other people, other places, you don't realize how much we have here that is unusual. Dalton is a <clears throat> wonderful town. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy it here. So. I agree. I, I love it. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, It was quick, easy. Yeah. And that's all we got. Okay. Cool. Thanks. You're welcome.